All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, and this will be a little bit different episode. I'm not in Alaska right now. I'm down in Colorado, um, sitting with uh, the Jedi Master, traditional bow hunter, Tom Clum. And uh, we also have Papa Selway with us, Andy Kohlhofer, right? Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Okay. (laughs) It's... uh, we were just talking about how small of a world it is. Andy, you just came off a buffalo hunt in Utah. You're on your way back home. And uh, we're hanging out with Arm, a guy I know, and it's it's just a small world. Yeah, watches a video a couple days ago, comes here and sees the guy that was in the video that Arm showed him. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are the chances? On, on such a – and really, this was a total last-minute trip. I, uh, I'd been – and I'd heard about Tom, obviously, for, for a while, and – had been wanting to wanting to it was always kind of an idea in the back of my head man it'd be really cool to come down and, and get some coaching and because I really had never had any formal coaching with my 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 shooting but uh it was just always in the back of my mind and I don't know what did it I think it was I was talking to Tommy on Instagram and so oh, I gotta give dad a call and so I did and then that turned into sending you a video of my shot and then I'm like shit I got a freaking <laughs> change up the whole program then i'm like well you know man it'd be really nice just i could i could skip a bunch of difficulty and just go down there so uh you know found a way to pay for that and then you know i'm thinking oh well you know here in the next couple months and well i got it i got time next week so (laughs) so how bad so how bad is the shot tom well the thing about tyler is he sends me a video and I'm watching him shoot, and I'm going, oh, crud, this guy can shoot. You know, he had a f- style of shooting that I knew led to great accuracy, but it's basically based on a push-pull system and a shoulder pull. Okay, so he'd, he'd overdraw, he'd come forward into anchor, but then he made this great linear release, so I knew he was accurate. So, you know, like I, I told Tyler, I was like, man, I don't know, man. I said, like, I know you're probably a good shot. And he's like, yeah, you know, you humble, but still, he's a good shot. And I know he's taken a lot of game, grizzly bear. I mean, this dude's a good, sh- unbelievable hunter and a heck of a shot with a recurve. But I'm really reluctant because I know, like, this style that we teach, you know, based on NTS, you know, based on current stuff is all about back tension. It's and it's getting the strain off your shoulder. It leads into better consistency because we're using portions of your skeletal structure to build draw length on, and that is set. You know, we'll draw length out of certain positions. But it's I don't know how long or short story or short a story that would be, Tyler. Well, to describe I guess, that. And but, I guess I I, I want to get into that a little bit, but I guess to back up um, for people that might not know, uh, been hiding under a rock. Why don't you explain a little bit, you know, a little bit about what NTS is and some of the re, yeah, just kind of the, the yeah. abbreviated and <clears throat> and you are a um, level four archery coach and a little bit about just what that actually that, means because yeah. it's honestly it's, I started off on a tangent there and you're right it needs a little background so I'm a level four NTS archery coach um, <clears throat> USA Archery has coaching certifications level one two three four. Um, <clears throat> been doing this for about 15 years now. Um, got my certification. You know, you can take a level one and two course, which is a 20-hour course. You got to coach for a couple of years, and you can take a level three course. It's a 40-hour course. 
and then you get a coach for a certain amount of time and then you can apply to go to the olympic training center to go for your level four protocol it's a it's about a week uh program uh culminates in a written exam you get to pass with about a 90 three-hour written test if you pass that you get to go to an interview with our olympic coach and then you have a verbal exam with the olympic coach so no pressure yeah <laughs> and you know so the only person that can certify level four is our olympic coach so anywho um <clears throat> been through this protocol but i'm a joe bow hunter i'm just like everybody else that you hang around with and bow hunt with it's just that i knew in- instinctively especially the first time i went to this course which was kind of an accident our club wanted some certified coaches because they had boy scout groups and they wanted certified people and they asked for volunteers that's how i got into this and then i have an archery shop so i'm teaching it every day so you get to hone your skills that way mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh i knew you know at the gut level there was a better way to do this and didn't know where to find it and then I found USA Archery, and what I found was that this this form that comes from Target Archery is completely 100% adaptable to us Joe Bow Hunters. And so it's a it's NTS stands for our National Training System. It's just standardized uh, program for you know it comes from the best minds in archery, put, putting forth the best. Uh, process in archery, you know, most accurate processes based on biomechanics in a in a in a, in a mental game, mm-hmm. right? Most physical and mental approach to best best accurate best practices in archery. So, you know, if you think of it from that point, if you look at an Olympian that's shooting a recurve at seventy meters, which is like seventy six point seven yards, basically seventy seven yards, and they're hitting a dang gold circle every time. Yes, they've got some weights off their bow. They've got one little sight pin, but it's a recurve bow. And they're hitting this thing at 77 yards every time. You know, not much bigger than a pie plate every time at 77 yards. It makes sense that we, we might want to use as Joe Bowhunter the mechanics behind that shot, the consistency behind that shot to be more effective bow hunters. I mean, and, I think any <laughs> anyone who, who's tightened the string on a longbow or recurve could – you know, you you start understanding very quickly how difficult it is to get consistent execute at twenty a very consistent shot. Yeah, and and yeah. it's over and over. An eighth inch difference in your draw length will make a, a dramatic yeah. distance, especially at twenty, thirty, forty yards, something like that. It becomes just magnified. Yeah. So when you sent me tapes, I'm looking at a good system. It's it's an older system. But I know that the system we teach within NTS, I mean, part of it is protecting your shoulders because archers are really prone to repetitive motion injuries, front and back shoulders, from the way you draw the bow or the way you set up your front shoulder. So, But the way you drew the bow and the way you executed your shot is really prone towards impingement. It really is putting a lot of stress on soft tissues in your shoulder instead of what we call back tension, which is really focused on, as Tyler found out this week, the lower trapezius muscle in your back. That's the muscle, the big, the big muscle group inside your shoulder, like between your spine and shoulder blade. And, you know, and there's a whole, you know, if we want to get into it, you can, but basically instead of contraction come from deltoids and shoulder muscles, it's coming from literally a, a muscle group in your back to execute your shot from where you start your draw on through the finish of the shot. Well, anyway, it also relies on skeletal alignment, and there's certain stops within that system that build a absolutely consistent draw length. 
So I'm looking at Tyler's shot, which is a good way to shoot, but he kind of overdraws, comes back into anchor. So there's a little bit of variability that can be built into a shot. You can't get anything exactly consistent. But when you put a shot basically on your skeletal structure every time the same way, that's exactly consistent. Your bones don't change, you know, the length of your bones don't change. Plus, then you get skeletal support for the holding position, and we can go on and on. Yeah. And but anyway, I'm looking at Tyler, an awesome shooter, and I'm saying, ah, it's a rebuild. It's a complete change in his shot. So I'm really reluctant to change a guy that shoots really well. But I know, like, long-term benefit is there. I mean, uh, for, for you know, the safety and health of his shoulders. And I know there's a benefit in, in more consistency to what he's doing. So I kind of laid it out to Tyler like that. You know, I was like, man, I'm reluctant because we're going to make some major changes while you're doing your business. And so I hate to change a guy that shoots well, right? So then Tyler was like, what was your impression at that time? Um, initially, because I remember you gave me a couple a couple little simple things I was doing wrong, but, you know, part of it was my hook. I was hooking the string. Yeah. And I you had me go listen to that push episode, mm-hmm. the push podcast, you yep. know, where you do some, some coaching tips. Some coaching tips moments, and, yeah. Uh, I started messing with that, and then I'm like, that everything's connected. So I'm like, well, I've got to tweak this and that, and I don't know. I, I pretty quickly just decided that I, I need. I'm going to have to change everything. Yeah, I mean, you were was just blowing me away. This is a guy that's a good shot, and he came in and he was willing to set down the way he shot a bow for a lifetime. And say, I'm going to, I'm going to dive in with both feet into what Tom's got to say. And so I'm trusting the common sense of what I teach to show this guy, okay, we're going to change some things. We're going to change a lot of things. I'm trusting in the common sense of what I'm telling you, if you if you buy in or not. And, and I know you did. So Yeah. I mean, I've seen some of the results. And the funny thing is, before when I, say, when I sent Tom my video, I thought I was shooting with back tension. You know, I thought I was doing it right. But, and that seems like such a huge issue in you know, and if you can't tell, I'm losing my voice because Tom and I have just been going back and forth the whole time I've been here nonstop. And a major thing, and one reason Tom is so special is there's, you know, you may not be the only one, but there are extremely few level four or instruct, you know, coaches of that level and knowledge level that are have any interest in bow hunters. Yeah. In helping us, you know. Us guys, because I'm the average guy you can ever be around, right, Tyler? Yeah. I like to, but I like to bow hunt. That's part of my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I think Arnie Moe is the only other guy that's a great teacher. I mean, a level four coach that teaches you to shoot a a longbow or a recurve, an arrow off of a shelf instead of a burger button and a flipper or some other kind of feed it style rest, Mm -hmm. basically. And, um, uh, it's, and it's a shame. We need more of us out there. So I'm trying to get this word out. Yeah. And and it seems like your story and everybody's story, mine, you know, like I was telling you, my, my dad really started geeking out and getting in his improvement, which led to his research, an improvement which led to my improvement um, through him helping me was all based on target archery type Correct. stuff. There you was know, a time you're not born learning. You're not born knowing how to yeah. do this, and that's not to say you know. You know, I'll say I'll say the correct way. 
that doesn't mean that if something is working for a guy, all right, that that he's incorrect. No, it doesn't mean he should even change. You know, I guess when I, when I say correct, it mean you know I'm meaning for me the most accurate. Right. The the way I can be the best shooter I can be. Yeah. Well, that's just yeah. it. Uh-uh. And like Tom has said before, we've talked about this, but yeah, you get people interested in in this, you know, in shooting traditional equipment that shoot it correctly, they're going to stay with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. versus, you know, not, you know. And you have that's, some success, yeah. gives right. you satisfaction. You stay in the sport. Right. How many guys, Andy, our age, that you knew started this sport, got motivated because it's cool, and the percentage is high, you've seen the same thing, that, that don't stick with it because they can't become accurate. Right. And, and quite a few. I mean, there, there. I mean, there's a lot of guys have shot traditional equipment, especially back home where I'm from. There, you know, we got a lot of traditional clubs and stuff like that. But um, yeah, for the most part, you know, the transition, even the younger guys like yourself, mm-hmm. you know, Tyler, that, you know, you want to be able to shoot correctly, you know, to stay in the sport, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, to me, that's, you know, I drew, you know, my son drew, you know, I not knowing the correct way, you know, but I've always shot traditional equipment all my life. And, you know, I've not, I've not had pointers from Tom yet, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure at some point in time that'll happen, but, you know, uh, you know, these guys are good shooters. Yeah. I mean, they're like you, without a coach, they've put together enough to be really good shooters and effective hunters. Killers, you know, they take a lot of game. Yeah. Drew's an amazing talent. You know, all kinds of talent. And I'm like, oh, man, if I had three days with Drew, yeah. he'd be unflipping believable. But when you kind of put your toe in the water here and there, sometimes when you change things, you get worse for a little bit. You, I would say you always do. <laughs> well, yeah. It, Basically, you change right. something, you're gonna not going to be it, quite as it good. It feels weird. And it, it, <clears throat> yeah. But, but if you can stay with it and learn, like, fully get, you know, immersed in it and, and really stick with it, you're going to get better eventually. Yeah. You, like you give me comments, you feel you're better already. Oh, in a oh, lot of ways, it's it's there. There's things that you know if you're just just looking at, like the you know yesterday when we shot on the 3D range. If you just looked at my score, it would say I'm not better. But the way my shots were breaking and my the there's lines. reasons for that. But yeah. the lines of my shot, it's it's night and day it's different cool. in that and being the first time i've shot past 20 yards in in quite a while yeah know. yeah and we um, shot a lot of long shots a lot your lines are great so you got a more powerful shot now right oh uh, definitely yeah. definitely noticeable um so you just got a, everything you about it got a whole new trajectory path to figure out yeah yeah i really do it it's changed my anchors changed slightly it's just it i think i have it i can tell already that my consistency is going to be way night and day nice. and Part of that thing, in my personal experience, is you know I developed this shot, but it was and I got to be where I could shoot really. I felt I felt really well, but it was like it never felt perfect. Like uh-huh. it, it's like I've been I've been you know for example my hold and the way I was holding, I'm gonna. There's no way I could avoid getting slight differences. Right. In my in draw, draw length, length. I yeah. always, I always had to fight to keep my release under control because mm-hmm. the tension wasn't in my back, in my lower back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you weren't against just, the it's wall. Just, it's just things like that 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 I'm thinking. There's got to be 
something I'm doing wrong or, or something I could be doing better to become mm-hmm. more consistent. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I'm going to dive in just a little bit so guys will understand a little bit about what we're, yeah. what we're talking about. It, you know, so if we think about pulling a bow and arrow and we're, you know, we're shooting it to the left, it makes it complete in sense. It's intuitive to pull it to the right to pull the arrow straight back. Mm-hmm. And so that's basically what we're ter- terming a shoulder pull. But when you're using back tension, <clears throat> the focus of the direction of tension is behind you. And so as you, as the as the string is coming back, you're going to start converting tension maybe from the back of your arm behind you. So your elbow is going to rotate behind you. Well, what that does by accident, it causes a contraction in this lower trapezius muscle between your shoulder blade and spine. And your shoulder blade slides across your ribcage towards your spine. Well, it's connected to your upper arm bone in that direction. So it drags your upper arm bone in that direction in an angular rotational fashion, which drags the lower arm bones in a linear fashion along your face. So, you know, that's kind of a simple, quick way, would you say, Tyler, to kind of describe where, yeah. like a difference in direction of tension? I would say maybe? so because, you know, any almost anyone, including myself, that that picked it's intuitive to pull that it's completely arrows, and that's that, way to pull that string straight back yeah and and a hundred percent of us did it that way and most of us still do because we don't know how to convert that into muscles in our back as instead of muscles in our shoulder yeah and it's that angular direction <clears throat> like i pulling straight back i i couldn't fathom when i was seeing you know some of these videos of like you shooting with aaron mm-hmm. it's like how how are these guys getting their elbow inside the string yeah. meaning when you're looking straight back that elbow is <clears throat> yeah. is not is not cocked to where you're i'm trying to think of how best you'd call it like wrist broken towards the inside yeah yeah because that's your natural comfort want, yeah comfortable way to pull with your shoulder and i'm just and i just, just could not i could behind. not i can see what it was supposed to look like but i couldn't force myself into that I, position into that position i didn't right. know so anyway, when you do that with with a like an angular rotational draw, you, as your sco- as that contraction in that shoulder blade's coming across, it hits a stop against your spine. Bam! That sets the length of your draw length. That sets your draw length. That sets that's that sets the the length of that your anchor point s- sits into. That's a absolutely consistent position. That sets a consistent draw length, shot to shot to shot. So we've got a built-in, it's like a wall like on a compound, right, Tyler? Mm-hmm. It's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, it, drawing it really, and honestly does. You, and it took a lot. Yeah, because it's kind to, of an outside-to-in draw instead of a straight draw. That's to figure a this out in that yeah. final going through the shot process, which when when you dive right in, it's, it's very complicated. Yeah. But there's all these steps. Each one of them is very important. To building that position. To build it. Yeah. But... You know, for example, at the at transfer to holding, when I can learn how to rock, just drop my shoulder back into, into that its final position. And you you can add tension all you want in your back. That string doesn't move. Yeah. It, it, it is like the wall like, on a compound. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we're after. We're going to shoot from that wall. That's an absolutely consistent position. Well, it makes common sense. That if I'm shooting from that exact position every time, now I'm going to build a consistent trajectory path. Yeah. Is when a shoulder pull has a stop too, but it's way behind your ear. So if you're pulling and that elbow is going straight behind you, which, which is intuitive, you can keep going with the string 
past your cheek and it'll get to maybe your, your ear a little past boom and hits another wall again. Well, that's the wall you hit after you release. Mm-hmm. And when it hits that wall, it causes an impingement in your shoulder that causes a repetitive motion injury. So, you know, if you're, if you got a, if you're shooting a high uh, bow weight or high arrow count, you're going to be really prone to, prone to a repetitive motion injury. Plus drawing a and bow in that fashion really strains a lot of soft tissues in your, in your shoulder. We're using small muscle groups yeah. to draw the bow as opposed to pushing that string with a outward bending wrist three inches outside of the bow and come in a straight line from outside to inside using those back muscles, which engage right away when you do that. Now we're putting the draw of the bow into big muscle group in your back instead of these smaller muscle groups and soft tissues in your shoulder. So maybe that explains it to get you I know, think, better to I think to so. And I, and I would add that. Like, in a short little. You know, every, every archery club has guys that have shoulder problems. You know, oh. so it's. Andy, how many of your older buddies have shoulder problems that have been on a bow for a long time? Probably quite a few of the guys, you know, they can't pull them back anymore. And can't even shoot anymore, right? Right. Right. I know a bunch of guys my age and older that had reconstructions based on their archery career. These guys were, you know, hardworking men. They're on the tools, their careers, so they were strong, strapping fellows, and they shot heavy bows, but they shot them in a way that end up destroying their shoulder. Because they shot a lot. These are bow hunters. These are hardcore bow hunters. Yeah. You know? but yeah, and it's, I I think, and I'm, you know, I've been pretty blown away, honestly, just the past couple of days by by a lot of stuff. It's like drinking from a fire hose in some <laughs> sense, but, but I think this method, if I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. It was worth the effort. It, it was absolutely worth the effort and for I, in some ways, I envy like a, a, someone starting from scratch who is willing to put in the work to learn it this way. I think yeah. would be become proficient. Well, um, what's his name? You're saying been shooting for just, oh John in our shop six yeah. months. He's got the most unbelievable, beautiful shot you ever seen. He'd never touched a bow before though, and in six months, he, he looks like an elite level shooter. He's just unbelievably good. Yeah, it's because uh, he didn't have any mistakes. He didn't, to he start didn't have him. the training scars you yeah. and me do. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I shot, I shot really poorly for decades before I learned yeah. this. And part of that learning, you know, because you know, you were talking in back, and I remember, you know, reading this. You know, when field archery was big, the the hunting yes. the hunting, bow, you know, traditional bow shot was based was, on target yeah, archery we right? were we bow hunters were informed by target archery from target archery to learn how to shoot a bow so you get guys a little older than me they came from that generation mm-hmm. and a little and some there's some guys a little younger than me that had got dads from that generation really good shooters so there's kind of like a two-tier thing there just a little older and younger than me from the dads that came from there and the guys a little younger than me that learned from their dads they were informed from target yeah. archery i mean i and they're the best shots around i right? mean my uncle <laughs> you know my uncles knew knew a guy in fairbanks that um what was his name back in that arrow field archery guy you know would shoot caribou at 90 yards yeah yeah you know with old equipment we're right. not we're not talking right. and you know you look at the distances on no hardly anybody seems to shoot field archery courses but you right you're shooting a long ways and they they weren't doing it with yeah. with their matthews you know <laughs> right field archery is like marked yards between like 10 and 80 yeah right and so those guys found holdovers they'd use their area and they found holdovers that 
and low anchors that could make that shot consistently because they built a shot that was they put their talent in an absolutely repeatable shot that used good mechanics to get her done and that's what this is that's why i love to share it so much is because i frustrated i you know languished for so many years as a poor shooter looking for the data but it, you know going to youtube is such a minefield of poor stuff you know there's there's a there was just a couple good guys at the time that i was really searching like jimmy blackman and arnie moe that were out there but and everything else was a big minefield with poor advice. A guy would, you know, teach himself how to shoot, kind of do it repetitively, you know, in a repetitive fashion. So he did it the same way, got fairly good, called himself an expert, and put it out there on YouTube. Well, how do you sort through that? You've seen it, right? <laughs> oh, firsthand, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – But what there's can, a lot of people out there that got taught the wrong way. So, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of reteaching that has to be done. It's And, and yeah. it, it's almost – it's. It takes a tremendous amount of um, determination, I think, to to relearn and rebuild. I've I've gone through a couple phases of rebuilding my shot, so I knew that it was going to suck for a while. You know, it was going to be uncomfortable when your body you just want to go back to what's easy and what your body memorizes, and that's that's a yeah. big part of the mental game in a shot. From you know, from what I've kind of maybe already new but but you've hammered too that you have you have to be cognitive all this stuff the the level of concentration mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. time and sometimes that concentration needs to be on things that we don't think because i always was was under the impression they'll burn a hole right where you want to hit type of thing that hard and yeah, i hard and it's and i've yeah. for years been like I, why can't i do that it, right. And I told you, no, it's got to be a soft aim. And I taught you how the subconscious is way more effective in aiming than your conscious mind. I did a drill with you on telling about yeah. what I did with you to, te to, te to prove that to you. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, he had me, we're there in the range, had me hold an arrow out and said, put, you know, you know, look at that point. And Whole jobs. Number job number one, look at that spot. It was a Look at the o. spot. Right. Look at the spot. And hold that point on that spot, but look at the spot. Mm -hmm. That's where the emphasis was. Yep. And then, you know, just look, you know, focus on the spot. And he'd hit my arm, you know, kind of knock that point off and just look point at the just spot. Go back to and it. That, that point would go right back to it every time. And, uh, yeah. Or I had you try to aim. You had me try. Like, okay. Okay, Tyler, don't let it move a lick. Just aim. Stare at the point. Stare at the spot. Whatever you need to do, just aim this time. Don't let that point move. Aim. And it didn't move any less. In fact, it moved a little more. Yeah. And then, you know, what you had me, while you were doing it, to, you know, had me had me snap my finger, my right hand That's fingers how we in, a certain, in a certain pattern while saying something and talk. while yeah. doing well, it. Yeah, so it goes in a progression. So we teach him that all you got to do is look at it, and the dang point will go back. And I did that by pushing his arm off the spot. And I kind of let him, let the brain get connected to that, you know, and I'd push it off, and then I'd ask him a question, what were you thinking? And, you know, he finally determined he wasn't really thinking anything. Was I was just like, at the uh, spot. is this uh, <laughs> is a trick question? <laughs> trick question. You know, I'm trying to overanalyze this. So like, what should I have been thinking about? Right. And I pointed out that the <laughs> thing just went back to the spot without thinking. And then I, then I said, okay, let's go one step further. And so I said, just your main job is look at the spot. Job number two is keep the point on it, but your main job is just look at the spot. 
put the point up there. So I'm knocking it off. So I started asking about his wife, smart ass questions, yeah. trying to make him laugh, you know, in a, holding a conversation, learning about his family. And he's talking to me and that dang point just goes back every time. And yeah. It's like, okay, what were you thinking about then? Because what happened when I pushed it off? Well, the point just went back. What were you thinking about? I was thinking about your silly questions. So, you know, that was completely subconscious. I was demonstrating yeah, subconscious. It's hey. a very good. And then the, th- the final step is I had Tyler snap his finger and verbalize one, two, three, one, two, three, while he did it, while I pushed his hand off. So now he's got to cognitively do something physically other than moving the arrow back and say it out loud and knock his arm off and the point just goes back. You know, most he did that really well. Most guys will go, he'll they'll be going one, two, three, and they'll hit a point where they go one, and they get off their count. And I go, you just aimed, didn't you? You just thought about, uh, yeah, I did. Would you just look at the spot and keep your pattern? And you just okay, one, two, three, snapping their finger with it, one, two, three, and the the pattern stays exactly right when they think about snapping their finger. But the thing is, as long as they're looking at that spot, the point goes right back to it. Yeah, because it in that's it's a powerful, powerful demonstration of subconscious aiming, isn't it? Yeah, and it as much as anything, it, it convinces you that it works. Correct. And and, and that, that you can you can be focusing on all right, you know, draw to anchor, lift, transfer to holding, you know. <clears throat> right. I'm butchering it, but you you think <laughs> of these these different. <laughs> aspects of your shot going off through a checklist of your yeah, mind in the your, task of making a great shot and while simply think, looking at your target and think about your fin and it's not sharp i'm just looking at it but my mind's going through all this stuff and it it just works and when, and when yeah. it breaks it and it goes right down the middle <laughs> you know yeah. it's it's yes. really amazing it is blowing my mind yeah so we talk about a soft aim as opposed to a hard aim you know, I mean, we grew up as like burn a hole in it, right, Andy? Right. That's all we learned. Yeah. And then, you know, there were shots. Let me tell you, ask you, because I like yeah. the older guys. You know, Andy's yeah. not as old as me, but he's, you know, kind of in my group, right? You know, yeah. but <clears throat> you can remember shots you took you couldn't remember shooting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because your folk, your mind is on aiming. And so the shot goes off on this subconscious motor program. That is the classic definition of shooting with hope because that shot is good or bad. You have no control over it. Yeah. Right. Whereas this, you go to a soft aim where you confirm him. Yep. It looks good. You see that sight picture looks awesome. You start adding tension to subtly increasing tension, in the right direction shot breaks. Bam. I mean, that's shooting with confidence. There's a big difference between shooting with hope and confidence. Oh, there right? is. And, when and, you're cognitively running the shot the correct way, you remember everything about your shot, right? Yeah. You know, and and can walk back through it and ice, you know, if something did not feel yeah. right. Yeah. Because we were doing that several times and, and some initiate, you know, because you saw something earlier and you're like, you know. Ask you a question. What'd you feel? What'd you feel? And, and then you tell I'd, me. I'd, I'd say at the end, and the, but what caused that? And then we'd be able to isolate what that was. And it was so cool because. You could remember shots so we could evaluate it. So we could mm-hmm. try to make it better the next time. Like yeah. identify the problem, identify the correction, forget about the problem and focus on the correction. Yeah. And so what we've talked about, literally we shot hundreds, over a thousand a arrows together. Of arrows, and yeah. We talked about every one of them after the shot. 
We evaluated every single one of them. Now, Tyler's going to go home. He's going to, he's not going to need me over his shoulder. That's awesome. Cause we, we saw, you know, we just picked up all those little nuances that happened in your shot and why and what the corrections were. That's, that's yeah. a cool way to learn. It? It's going to be a big deal. And, uh, I mean, probably I, I may have, I would have, I think eventually if I will, was willing to work hard enough. And I think I was the way we were doing it, just correspondence figured it out, but Take a long six time. months. Yeah. And it maybe in this was two a day and a half, a day and a half. Yeah. I, it, it just blows <clears throat> me away. I know I keep saying that, but I'm, it was cool. But the key is I had a guy, Tyler here. He was willing to just, okay, set his, his program aside and jump in with two feet and try it. And that's, that's what, every, I mean, that's what everybody in this industry needs. So, I mean, the coaching, you know, you, yeah. I looked Joel, for it for decades. I, mean, I couldn't yep. find it. There needs to be more of guys like me. And I, I just, I enjoy everything I do. It's been such a pleasure to have you here because yeah. that was fun. That oh, was a it was, dang fun day and a half. It was a hoot. And I, I'm like, <laughs> you know, and, and grand, some things changed. My, my finger, my middle finger, which, you know, bears most of the load of just like, giant blood blister in it the other day and <laughs> yeah. i already have got calluses yeah it's not like i haven't touched my bow in six months well what what of your grip did you change on him so i got better finger placement and i taught him exactly how much pressure should be distributed among his fingers i got his finger stretched out i've got uh like tension between his pinky and his thumb towards the inside of his wrist that draws the the outside bend to his wrist at anchor an outside bend of the wrist at anchor places the shoulder and the elbow in a more inward position to your body and so when we we talk about uh you know positions wise if you have your wrist bent inward look where your elbow goes when you bend your wrist in elbow goes away so does your shoulder when we talk about a holding position we're talking about alignment between your right shoulder say if you're a right-handed archer your right shoulder your left shoulder to the front hand to that hand shoulder shoulder hand alignment that aligns the skeletal structure up there now that straight skeletal alignment will support a ton of weight with not much muscular tension. In the back end, we're talking about rotating your elbow behind the string or inside the string instead of letting your elbow to the outside, which creates a little hinge there. And so when we line up the whole skeletal structure in a straight line left to right, now the weight of the bow sets on that skeletal structure and we've reduced muscular tension a ton. And any kind of, you know, rifle shooting. Yeah, it's all about bone-to-bone contact. Yeah. Yeah. And so now we have a reduced physical tension or anxiety. Now what's that do? The mental tension and anxiety, that de-escalates also. So, you know, they did studies at the Living Training Center. They would measure true holding. One of the ways they measured it was that they would watch brainwave and heart rate monitors. And when a guy got into true holding, we got all that skeletal support for the, for the weight of the bow, heart rate would come down. Literally, it was measurable. And so what's that do to your mental state? Brain waves come down. Now you have this feeling, you know, like if you've ever tried to anchor and just couldn't get it, you're like, I can't do it. you got to get rid of the arrow. Well, it's because you've got so much muscular tension, especially if you have a little bow that's a little heavy, and your, your subconscious wants it's just screaming at you, get rid of that arrow. Yep. <laughs> but when you line, you know, when you build this holding position correctly and get everything lined up, you're like, ah, yeah, I this, yep, right there. You know, you got this this feeling like you can take the time whatever time you need to finish the shot right yep 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, not, that's one of the things. Giant. And, and, you know, you spend all this time, like, working on the different parts of it because they all go together. But once they, that last part clicks into place, right. it was, it was so literally life-changing Yeah, so then we spend, a, thing. We, we spend half a day on everything from gripping the string to setting your grip to setting the elbow position, shoulder position, how to how to go from the bow from a position that's 45 degrees pointed down at the ground up into like nose or eye level and where you draw the bow and then lift into anchor to build that holding position now how do we arrive there the the best most efficient the deepest way and so that that was the whole next half a day it's like show you this position and i do a little squeeze test i get him lined up perfect i put a hand on his elbow and i'll put my other hand on which is this big reach for me because tyler's a big dude on his front hand and i'll squeeze straight together I'll say, don't resist what in one lick. And I can squeeze my guts out. He ain't budging. feels like I'm squeezing on the end of two by fours. I say, okay, let me change this position just a little bit. I'll move his elbow an inch, what would be outside of the string, just an inch. And I'll pop him. And now he's got to try. Now, I'm, he's 10 times strong, so I'm not going to crush him down. But now he has to engage muscular tension. And so he can feel, okay, now i got to work a little bit push him back into great alignment do the squeeze again he doesn't have to do anything now i change the alignment of his front shoulder i get his chest a little open to the target and i squeeze that now he's got to try a little bit now he's got to engage muscular tension straighten him back up bam i can do it suddenly i can pop it it ain't budging it's like i'm popping the end of a two by four with both my hands so i got to show him this is where we want to arrive yeah right and then, and then the next, you know, like two foundationals, like the holding position, the most position in archery. Hey, how much did we refine holding position today? It was awesome, right? Oh, and the yeah, shot just kept getting better as we refined it. Yeah. Right? And so then, like, what is back? Nobody knows what back tension. We don't come out of the womb with this knowledge. So then we, just, you know, like, now we got to teach you what back tension is and how do we use it. All right, so we start defining how those muscles work. That little quick little description I did earlier, like this contraction in your back causes the scapula slide, which pulls your upper arm bones back, which, you know, it articulates into a linear motion in your hand. So, you know, so I get into the, you know, drill into the details. These are the biomechanics behind it, but this is how you do it. It's simply the way you think. Tension's got to start going behind you instead of behind your elbow. You know, yeah. so we start going into that, and then the long one. How do we build into a great holding position? There's your half a day. Yeah. Right? And then everything starts working good, right? Yeah. We start building an exactly consistent place we're drawing the bow to every time. And my Lord, what he what he was doing. He, he was shooting, <clears throat> you know, like five ring groups today. It was, it was ridiculous. What kind of yardage were you guys shooting? Um, today, just in at 20. Yeah, like we were shooting five like ring a, on a blue NFA face. target. You know, oh, okay. most of the zeros are in the white circle. You know, if one flew out, I go, okay, what happened? Ah, you know, I knew what happened. I, was like, I want to know if he knew. Yep, I lost a little tension. I didn't follow the mental steps through the end. I flashed out. I flashed out of my sequence because we build a shot cycle. So, you know, once you learn how to shoot a bow, like Joel Turner says, then it's all about practicing concentration. It's not about shooting a bow. You know how to shoot right. a bow. Now it's all about con- practicing concentration because the software runs the hardware. What you're thinking turns into what you're doing, right, Tyler? Yeah. And so if you're thinking the exact right things right throughout your shot, it's going to end up in a 
one fine shot if you flash out of that little sequence because we've got to put things in order it's going to be less an ideal shot yeah and right? one and <clears throat> i was going to add to one thing that is applicable to everybody and why i think i would stress the process so much in in the middle side is going automatic yeah and and i was under some wrong impressions about it too and because you do hear a lot of guys talking you know and i've even said it so many times you know to build the muscle memory Mm -hmm. and and when i'm saying that what you think about it i'm really saying is so i don't have to think about it Right. So I'm going to do it automatically. That's what and we that all want. shit doesn't work. It just it doesn't, doesn't work, work for yeah. very long. No. You know, no. and I've, I told you, like, Tom. You like, can get fooled because sometimes it does work. Yeah. Sometimes the automatic program runs fine, but still shooting with hope. You can't guarantee it. No. And, and it goes away. And I've told, <laughs> and I told you, I said, you know, even at my, at the best times, you know, my highest, um, performance you know shooting on a three like over the course of a 3d course i can watch my shot deteriorate Mm -hmm. you know and i i you know halfway through go back to the blank bale or something and but i it was always such a struggle to keep it under control Mm -hmm. you know especially my release just because i had tension so much unnecessary tension yeah and on small muscle groups yeah so what you was cool comment today is like i feel strong still i said yeah you put what we're doing into bigger muscle groups, you're going to stay stronger longer. Yeah, I mean, for... And you noticed that. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, for shooting a shitload of arrows. Oh, I can't... I don't... Cause it's easy for me, Andy. I just like, okay, no, do this. And I, I like give instructions, sit back. It's like, oh, that's great being an old guy now. Yeah. I'm just like, I never could... <laughs> he had to do all the work. I never could have shot that, that many arrows yeah, the way I was doing form. it without just, you know, my... Well, arm falling yeah, off. I used to shoot so many. I mean, every day I'd go pick my bow up. If it, yeah, just yeah, arrow after arrow after. Arrow. And it does something for you. Yeah. It, it really tunes you into the trajectory, but it gets you connected to your bow. But in a lot of cases, we're just practicing bad stuff. All right. right, and that, that yeah. I think that's the line you have to. Yeah, you have to know when to hang it up for the day. And I'm anybody that's. <clears throat> even remotely competitive with themselves. Like, no, I can't finish on that do. one. I, I just shoot through it till I get. Yep. You know, our generation, Andy's and I generation, we just found a way to get it done. You know, we found a way to get some consistency in how we did our business. Mm-hmm. And then we learned to be real sneaky because we had to get closer. Right, Andy? Right. And, and we, we took our, we took a lot of game and it, we took, it took better cunning skills. And, but I got to admit, I was shooting with a lot of hope a lot of times. Whereas the difference is now, I know if I do my business in this fashion, it's going to be a good shot. And so all I got to do is concentrate enough to run my business in this fashion. And yep. we, you know, that's one thing I want to say. When you're in the learning phase, there's a lot of little steps to remember, right? Mm-hmm. But you notice how they became seamless, and so the easier ones became automatic. Yep. And so then we don't have to think about those things. And so the, the number of things you have to think in a shot as you move from the learning phase into a higher skill level is that that number gets reduced rapidly but you can all and you and i had never thought about it that much but structuring it like you can always add one back in right and it's good to always evaluate each shot to be like hey is is it you know like i was not coiling yeah you weren't getting your shoulders in alignment so we added that back into his process and all of a sudden the shot got better again 
because it it detracted it you know kind of degraded for a little bit and i started like studying so oh we're, we're kind of forgetting to coil into shoulder alignment i mean i mean we and i didn't like bad coaching on my part i didn't notice it for a little bit so we were struggling with well what's going on here like it was so good before and i was like I finally turned, went to a different coaching position. I saw a different angle. Like, oh, okay. So I push his, I just give him a little tap and get him in alignment. And all of a sudden, everything's good again. And yeah. one little thing. And it's a kind of a bummer because from shooting the, like a more ideal shot to that one doesn't feel much different, right? No. It, it, some of it is so minute that but, you, yeah, but it, yeah, it's, but makes still, a it wasn't, I mean, for by most people's standards, your bad shots were. But really good for most people's standards, but the talent you have, I mean, at that when you hit all your marks, it's unbelievable. I mean, this dude's got some talent, Andy. Were you guys doing this in the shop or out on the course? Well, we got on the course yesterday. Um, you know, Tyler and I met Aaron Schneider and a couple other guys, and, and we got on the course. And all we did was work on our shot throughout the course, gotcha. and then we started shooting from the trail. I mean, we shot a lot of. <laughs> you know, up to 65 yards and walk-ins to 10 yards. We shot a lot of different shots, but that gave us a lot of time to talk about shooting or refine some movements, you know, and mm-hmm. and some things that degraded, like your transition, you know, from, you know, drop, yeah. drop loading and transition to lift and anchor. We lost a little direction. All of a sudden, he's got a little loss in tension in that transition. Oh, okay, just re- get him back on the program. All of a sudden, he's solid again. I mean, there's a good, you know, those many arrows – evaluated wise let you make those mistakes and then learn what they feel like and learn how to fix them and, you know, yeah you get to evaluate every shot like that it's that, very valuable when you when you you made a comment about how you used to crawl forward i mean uh-huh. yeah yeah you, i used attention. to do that a long time ago yeah it was you know i would i would i almost don't want to go through the motions because i don't want my body to remember <laughs> what it felt like because <laughs> You, you you working hard to get rid you of that. literally overdraw and I would, then you settled the back and, and down it was then. it was yeah. I remember yeah. what that was it was I don't remember who it was and maybe I was misinterpreting but it was a a guy that we, and he's just stacking them in a blue in a oh there's one guys spot. that shoot it was a YouTube video and this guy's yeah. talking about how his draw and the position of his elbow in his draw and how it would make this J. Uh-huh. hook basically passed and then back <clears throat> in and the anchor i used was different and it was a very repeatable anchor mm-hmm. but i just had to, i always struggled with with my hand popping off without a smooth release um you know that reminds me i want to make this point that doesn't mean this system's the only way you can shoot well no because i see people build a repeatable process so that guy that goes all the way past and forward a lot of times they they're, what they're doing is kind of accidentally building that shoulder girdle coming around into pretty good alignment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then they go forward and anchor. And so it can be a highly accurate way to shoot. I mean, smoking good shooters with all different forms. Yeah. The thing they have in common is they do it the same way every time. They put their yeah. talent into a repeatable process. And now, what I like about NTS is, in the biomechanics behind NTS, it gives you exact uh, like biomechanical skeletal structural places to go that creates walls within it that creates a like a like when you draw to load right when the scapula yep. hits the wall it's like a stop on a compound it builds an exact draw length and then you build your anchor off of that draw length yeah right and then you and so it's so exact so it leads to more precision so you know in my mind I've, it's a bit better from that viewpoint yeah, and you know I guess j- 
just having <clears throat> gone through it, it, uh, le- I don't know, for me, going through an archery shot and learning an archery shot, there's so much about feel and it, it's, mm-hmm. it's a big feel sport. And, and obviously like my learning curves expedited having you right there as soon as I, you know, nope or yeah, that's, and I can ban, that's what that's supposed to feel like. Right. Cause in front of a mirror or, oh, you know, just recording video, you can, you can do that. It just takes longer, you know, recording your shot right. and analyzing it and then no, no, what in trying to remember what did that feel like? Yeah, it just feels like with this, you know, this system. It's like when you drop your shoulder blade in there, you finally reach transfer hole. Like, yep, it, or, this system. Yeah, there's these benchmarks that yeah. you like that are very easy for me to repeat. You know, yeah, like gotta do this. Draw to anchor. You hit the wall. Like I just feel it right there. Bam. Boom. That's that. And then. Escalate. You know, when we're talking about the el- elbow position, the elevate into anchor. Right. Correct. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's all right. You know. Bam. There's another I'm think, benchmark. I'm think, when I do that, I'm thinking of my elbow direction, what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And then. Like, and then. Transfer to hold. Transfer. And, yeah. and I feel that Change it's a very specific again. drop in your shoulder. But uh-huh. it. With tension directly behind you. And it, it feels. I. It's the most like repeatable yeah, feeling. It's like exacting. I'm hitting this, this, and yeah. this, right? And so, I know I am. Rather than man, just something doesn't feel right, you know. And it's all in this muscle tension. And well, I'm at my anchor, but my old shot, even at my best, you know, I'd record and watch the point tip of my arrow, and it's not. It was consistent mm-hmm. by by a lot of standards, but it wasn't the like same it is every now. time. I'm yeah. watching Tyler shoot, and he was cooler than heck. And I'm watching his riser and where the arrow goes to. It's like a dang compound bow. It's like, bink, same spot, same amount of points sticking out. Next shot, bink, same amount of points sticking out. That point is stable until it launches. And it was awesome. I mean, he nailed it. And that's an exacting way to shoot. So you, you go from a, a really good way to shoot like you had. And so and I'm like, I think, you know, what I've got to teach is going to be even better. But it's a rebuild. And so that's why I was so reluctant. Like, yeah. I, you hate, I don't, I don't think that anybody needs to shoot a recurve or a longbow in any certain way. You know, I want a guy to enjoy the bow, mm-hmm. and if he enjoys, you know, snap shooting, have at it. But I do want him to realize that if you really want to get good, or if you really want to be uh, a better shot at longer range, yeah, then where's there's some stuff you're gonna learn. Alert, well, it seems, seems like he, he he's catching on pretty quick. Oh, so. he was unbelievable quick, yeah. We, because yeah. he made a decision to work hard at it. Right. And that's the difference. He didn't expect me flapping my gums to make him a better shooter. He took what I was saying and absolutely applied every single thing I suggested on the spot right there. And when I was, like, being a little nitpicky, I was like, nope, nope, got to do this, nope, got to do this. And I would... Sometimes we had 10 nopes in a row. Yeah. He just kept hammering, and, and, and so I'd stop and try to clarify what I'm saying, but maybe I'm not saying it accurately. Sometimes i put my hand on a wrist and an elbow and literally slowly move it so he could feel exactly the direction I wanted him to go. That helped too, right? Oh, yeah. And, and, and so we could slow down. And, like, and, then, and so I'd give him a few nopes, but then I oh, i got to get help, get hands on move him through that position all right now now he knows exactly the direction he'd get one or two more notes and okay nailed it all right and all that searching for 
you know, that feel like, what exactly is that supposed to feel like? And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, like a little tweak of my, my bow arm shoulder that just a little bit of tension in my trap. And yeah, because of the way I've I've shot, everything appears tight. And I, you know, it, it wasn't that I didn't trust this holding position, but I didn't realize how much I could relax and not, because yes. before you relax, that you're you're collapsing, right? Right. You know, I'm like, man, I can actually just sit here and hold it, and it. I'm like, this this arrow's got to be moving forward. I got to be collapsing, but I'm not. No, because it the, was so weird. The tension of both sitting on your skeletal structure, and so you know, I was like, I kept looking at that front shoulder, and so finally I walked around the back, and I pinched his upper trap, that muscle between your neck and your shoulder, right? And I like, pinched, like, dude, this is where your high shoulder's coming from, and said. I said, I pinched it. I said, drop that down. And his front shoulder went right down level with the back one. I said, this is where you need to be. Now, let's go. How do we build this, you know, during the whole shot cycle? Let's go back to the beginning where you're holding the boat down towards the ground. Right here, push your shoulder down. Give me a little pre-coil. Lit up the latissimus muscle that sucks the shoulder down. Now you got to coil and lift the bow at the same time so we get continuing. So we're getting a little deep in the weeds here on a podcast, yeah. right? But it gives you... Maybe it gives a guy's an example of maybe that complex. Yes, it's a complex system, but there's reasons behind it that work. Yeah. And because now you just start twisting and lifting the bow at the time. Let's simplify the wording. Let's just twist our bodies for shoulder alignment, twist and lift the bow at the same time. That combined motion engages your lat muscles. The lat muscles which sucks the shoulder blade and the shoulder down. So we learned to lift the lift the arm up without engaging that upper trap, that muscle between your neck. That's a lifting muscle that lifts your shoulder up. We just learned to keep that relaxed. And sometimes I'd pinch, I went and pinched his yeah. shoulder so he wouldn't do it. So he just lift his arm up. Now all of a sudden we do this com- com- combination between lifting and twisting, lit up the, another muscle group that kept keeps the shoulder down, and all of a sudden he's got a great low shoulder. Right? Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's just it's like a complex process. Me. Yeah, but it works, right? Like, and so many of these things are so small. And it, and like, we are, we are deep in the weeds, but I'm loving this. And I, I, I just am so blown away that it, it's literally, I, I going to be life changing. Sounds a little corny, but, but as far as my shot goes, I mean, I've been shooting with, yeah, not 365 days a year, but pretty ser- with pretty serious <clears throat> intent for quite a few years now. And yeah, and, and today it was mostly mental game. He knew how to make shots. So I jumped in my jo- my buddy Joel Turner. I'll plug him. He's a mental coach. He's a he cures target panic. You know, and so you know, there's a lot of mental protocol with USA Archery. What I learned in Chula Vista at the Olympic Training Center, but it's 90 percent of Joel's 100 percent. You know that guy is you yeah. know is the guy. If you're if you really are struggling mentally, the concepts that he teaches on how to concentrate. You know, so I'm teaching you you that, but it's a whole another body of knowledge. But you gotta you gotta combine the two. You know, this should be the mental and the physical game have to be integrated. And if I had to pick one, maybe the mental game's more important because at least you can put your talent into a repeatable process. Right. Might not be the best process. But when you can do that mentally, you're going to be a pretty good shot. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously for us, this all goes back to hunting, you know. And I, yes. I guess I, for I, me, I want to, we talked about today's not to be too non PC, but I like to shoot 3Ds because 
it makes me a better bow hunter. Because I want to kill, kill shit. Percentage, right. yes. You know? <laughs> right. Now, like I, I, I want to be. I want to be as <clears throat> deadly as I can be. Yeah, you know, PC. I said it would make me a more effective hunter, but it want, I do this to kill animals eventually. Yeah, right. you know, and uh, and and I want to do it. If, you know, I don't want to wound them. You don't want right. to wound them. You I don't want to miss, miss them. You know, <laughs> you want like I want to be a good bow hunter. I, I want to re- realize my full potential, and I guess you know to kind of backtrack. I'm especially motivated because I decided I'm I'm going to take my recurve sheep hunt until i kill one or dude that break happens. it over my knee you, you know you won't see a happier guy than me if, if you get that done next year so uh, it'll but now that i got to know you and i feel a true friendship with you that's going to be s- such a wonderful thing to see you do yeah so it's you know it's like time to get serious now and no doubt well, yeah, why, why do, do it, it half-ass when you can do it the right way right yeah <laughs> Well, I right think way. he's got the hunting down. I mean, he had the shooting down. Is a really good shot, but the shooting's a component of hunting. I mean, it's an you important know, one. Yeah, and I and I've told myself, man, when I, and I, I, yeah, I'm I'm on my own timeline and speed, and I like blasting them with the rifle. But but yeah. I'm at the point now where I. That's the one thing that man, I get excited getting getting a ram, but. I, I can't even imagine how good that's going to feel oh. shooting one with my recurve. Yeah, that's a so, special thing. So it's – and that right now is more important to me than <clears throat> than just coming home with one. It's a special thing with a compound, but it truly is. Yeah. And in that little step further – I mean, it's a giant step from a rifle to a compound. Yeah. It's a little – a much smaller step from a compound to a recurve. Not much smaller. But it's, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm trying to make the guys feel <laughs> <Yeah>. good, Tyler. <laughs> no, but we. It's uh, another yeah. step to a compound. And I, t- I told it myself, is. I, I want to be, because I know I, I can be deadly to 50 yards. I said sheep, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a little bit arbitrary. Mm-hmm. No. You know, I, ultimately, I, I just, I want to be the best shot I can. So if. I believe a guy with your talent. On a known range of fifty yards, can make that shot. I mean, I look at Drew and the shot he made at that mule deer last year. How long was that shot? It was forty. It was forty-three, forty-four yards. That's and just absolutely dotted. And Drew's an instinctive aimer. Oh wow! That's looking at a spot, putting his talent a repeatable process. You know, because Drew's got a very talented young man. But that's just looking at a spot. That's not even using the arrow and puts it on the man, dot. That's hitting that's the spot that's he's impressive. looking at. How cool is that? That's extremely cool. Yeah. But uh, now, yeah. You, so, what if he put that into into his system, Andy? He'd be ridiculous. Right. Right. I, I mean, mean it, I mean, he and he would, you know, practice at that range every night. You know, shooting at him. You know. Yeah. He knew he could do it. Saucer. You know, yeah. in the backyard. You know, yeah. At it, that range. It was same. You know, when when I watched my dad shoot a moose sixty three yards with his recurve. That's. I thought awesome. he and he's since got into string walking and really geeked mm-hmm. out on the stuff, which is awesome. But he, I was, I was like, "Why are you shooting that far for?" When he's, he's practicing, yeah, it, that was ironically the longest shot he could get in his backyard was sixty three yards, <laughs> and he's practicing that all summer shooting at this Black Bear three D target I had, and, and he was drilling it. You know, I'm like, "What are you do? like? Why are you shooting that for?" And I that fall just the way it worked out. I watched him plug that moose at sixty three yards. It you was know, like a we have that, ICBM going. <laughs> you know, we have that talk about the ethics of long shots. Right. 
and the chance of the animal taking a step. I'm sorry, the animal can take a step at 20 also. It really can. If you've got a relaxed animal in a situation, you really feel that you're not going to get that movement, yeah. right? And you can put the shot on there that if you can do it, Consistently, that's an ethical shot, huh? right? Yeah, my and, opinion. And, and there's all, more things that there's a lot more things involved than just range. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many factors that the for, attitude for me, the it's animal, always yeah. feel. It's like this, this, like I can make this shot or Absolutely. something. Confidence. I don't. You know, I don't take doesn't a chance. feel right about this shot. I don't take a twenty yard shot if I don't like feel I can put it on the dot. I mean, we talked about is I don't know. Do you have this feeling, Andy or and Tyler? Like I've had animals where, you know, I just can't feel like I'm going to dot it. I don't pull the string back. I told you a story about an elk at 18 or 20 yards, and my son's just like going nuts because I'm not drawing the bow. And this this elk's got her head in a bush and quartered away and oblivious, and I just can't find the spot. And I made a lot longer shots where I looked at that spot and yeah, oh yeah, and. Yeah, back there's, and yeah. there's, yeah, there's times when you 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 know that okay this is it and there's other times yes that it no it don't feel right and something's and, not and, right and, yeah. even yeah. on a close shot if, it, if yeah. i don't like feel it i can put her on there i just don't pull the string back yeah that's my ethics yeah so and yeah so long story short we don't need the ethics police jumping on this one yeah but, but you know i i just want to be the best shot i can be in for and for me is especially from what i've seen them and two days has just been unbelievable um way you know i've been able to pick it up way quicker than i thought and progress way quicker than i thought i would and it's it's freaking hard you know not easy there's there's no work to be easy about it and right and we're talking about all this shit and it's it's on one hand it's very complex but you can learn it it's Mm -hmm. and so like i don't want that to be discouraging to guys, um, especially new guys. I mean, it seems like would would you say? I know a couple of years ago, it seemed like the the traditional archery was really kind of getting a a boom. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. And there's spec. You know, some guys will speculate. Oh, it's because you know, swinging back from everybody. You know, going to crossbows and, and compounds, getting mm-hmm. tired of that, and going back. It, it has. I don't know if that's still. We we get and I've been in the traditional archery business for twenty three years right now. Yeah, and it's been my love of my life since the mid eighties. Okay, but it's had boom, booms every uh, along, all along that way hmm. to the present from from the early eighties to the present. There's been booms now. Andy's in the business too. Own Selway Archery. Make yep. the best quiver awesome. on the market. Right, yeah. making awesome freaking quiver. Any anybody's been in trad while any time at all no selway quivers yeah. it's just it's kind of like that's why i didn't expound upon it before so <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Been around, we all know selway quivers uh, come on yeah. they've been around forever and long time any we've i don't know how many selway quivers i've had in my life right and they last forever so the only reason i've just keep adding them to different bows but i've owned a ton of them right but <laughs> we've seen trish archery always getting booms right right but the problem is there's not been any instruction around to tell, te- teach guys to be proficient with the bow. And so many people get into it, and they just be- can't become effective. And it's just not fun when you can't hit the target. Yeah. And they drop right back out. Right. It, 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 and with just yeah. some instruction, is anybody around that can give some baseline instruction, 
you know, to give a guy a chance to get proficient with the thing, it's it's a blast. You it's know, way more fun well, to shoot in a compound. Like this, you know, the one lady I noticed the other day at that event you had at the at the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the lady had ever picked up a bow mm-hmm. and shooting a recurve and with a little bit of basic instruction. She's, got she's, some foundations, a holding position. And yeah, and you know, there there's just a lot of things that. With this system, and you can get as into the you know right. into the woods as you want, but there there's a lot of principles with this that, there's, and you can succeed at it and have and have right. fun. You know, it's it's a, a toss up if you or maybe even the odds are against you if you just pick it up and don't have any kind of you're just yanking it back and letting her go. Yeah. You know, it which it, is fun, right? Yeah, but there, it's, <laughs> after a while, you're gonna want to hit the target, right? Right. Yeah, and, and right. see improvement, and it gets frustrating because you don't know why you can't. You think, well, if I if I just keep practicing this, I'm going to get better, and, and you might, but and you do. I mean, really, there becomes a time just from shooting arrows up to about twenty yards yeah. that you can just look at something and hit it. But since you don't have any blueprint for that shot, there's not a plan for that shot. It changes. And so you can do it when you're really concentrating, but you can't do it time after, after time, time after time. Right. Right. And and what I was going to add earlier, where you know, since we're we're all talking in the context of of becoming a better shot to hunt, that mental if, if you can get mental control over your shot, I think it will help you so much with an animal in front of you oh my gosh it's big time it's, it's the, the world biggest of component difference. it's yeah, the that, biggest component you know biggest, like right. like that that video we watched with donnie vincent tonight yeah yeah it was yeah. uh you know i won't i won't do a spoiler but there it was a heartbreak of it, a shot. It, oh it was yeah. and in such a cool opportunity but being able to keep control, you know, if, even if it's just from, there's two angles to it. A, obviously keeping cognitive control over your shot itself, mm-hmm. but practicing that and and having that be your default where you're cognitively thinking through stuff Every will time. help you with an animal in front of you. Right. Because you know, you know, you get used to that anxiety and overcoming it mm-hmm. of a shot and you're just thinking like all, you know, a grizzly bear comes in, my heart's pounding. Like it still gets to me. Yeah. But I'm just like, whatever I have to tell myself, it's just, all right, execute the shot, execute the shot. All right. Yeah. Wait for, wait for him to do this. And then, you know, just walk. A cognitive process. Right. It starts with like, okay, you see your heart rate and your respiration is going nuts. So you gotta and if you've got to remember yeah. to breathe, you know, maybe do a little combat breathing. Maybe Bigger. get some, get that heart rate. It's never going to go down, but you're going to get it down a bit into control. Now you're thinking. Now you're yeah. in a cognitive mind. Now we got to talk to ourselves. you know. I used to have, I used to have the fever bad. Oh, I yeah. Mean, oh, terribly terrible. And finally, it, it, my biggest white tail I shot, I... I seen him come out across the ridge, and he was on the edge of a field. And <clears throat> excuse me, he come out or come out of a thicket, and I seen him. And and like you just said, Tom, heart rate went sky high, and I thought I, I had to turn around, had to look away, and I couldn't <laughs> yeah. look at. And I just had, I just took a couple deep breaths, you know, and I said, okay, you can do this. Calm myself right back down, and I did. And then I got my heart rate down. Nice. I see him. He's by that time he already cut the distance halfway across the field, and there was a couple of does around me. And he walked. I mean, he walked up to me, and then I just 
just kept telling myself over and over again, okay, you can do this, you can do this, yep. don't, you know, and then I, I drilled, I mean, 20 yards, you know, biggest white nice. teller shot. Yeah, that's awesome. But it, it is awesome. Yeah. It's just epitomize it, what we talked about today about self-talk. Remember, we're talking about self-talk or yeah. talking to yourself? Yeah. It's you got to be in the cognitive state of, of mind. You can't mm-hmm. go to lizard brain and hope automatic works. You know, uh, thinking back on, on some of the, the shots I have missed, almost I've every single one of them, I I went automatic. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it just I just <clears throat> let it I just let it happen, and it doesn't. A lot of times, it doesn't end up good. And mm-hmm. you know, and what fools you to, is the times that it does work good. That yeah. can fool you. Into, okay, that was easy. Yeah. Right, but the thing is, if you guys had this thought, I mean, I can be remember being at the three D range, got the elk target, man. I can't wait till the shot happens, man. I just you know yeah you know and you got a real elk in front of you and you kind of can't wait till it's over with yeah you ever had that feeling oh oh, oh, yeah that's what anxiety does to you anxiety is like not knowing how it's going like i want to know if i'm going to get it it's kind of a part of the equation yeah or i want to get out of this stress i want to get rid you know basically down deep you want to get out of that stress that you're feeling yeah so you like want to get it over with and you do and then all that stress that you get rid of is replaced with disappointment. Yeah. No, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, that, that, that time when that, when big, that drop-time bull walked up on me at seven steps, I mean, that's how close he was. I, mean, I was kneeling on the ground, and I drew on him at 17 yards. And he yeah. st- stood there, raked on a tree, and he walked straight up to me. <laughs> and I'm on the ground at full draw, and I held my bow the whole time yeah. as he turned around and walked up to me. You think I could let go of that string? Well, and you know what? What impressed me? No, I I hadn't seen the video yet, but um, South Cox was there tonight, and, and yeah, showed us on the phone. The phone of that that bullock he shot at like th- three feet oh, or whatever was, it was. Yeah, and all I was thinking, you know, because in in he'll say and he'll say, you know, oh, you know, knock on himself for being a bad shot or whatever. Yeah, but like what his hold there and everything told me he had control in that aspect because i yeah he kept know, it together when that bull's coming and i don't know what exactly he was he was his picture uh you know because if any kind of frontal or something a lot of guys would get rid of that air you're everything's screaming get rid of it he's yeah. getting closer you know that he was, was patient he talk about he was probably talking to himself a ton yeah and that thing finally turned and he just smucked it it was close i mean i mean it was stressful i mean i was stressful looking at this film it pops over this hill and walks right to him yeah the big bull yeah so it was cooler than hell yeah so man that but and i was also going to add that for you know we talked about how the importance of having a coach and yeah. not everybody can could come shoot with tom Clum or I guess what I'm trying to get at is there is a... Hey, can you just come to Colorado? You come to Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) And, but, uh, but, you know, I think if you get, you know, you and a buddy and you can do this, you can self coach almost if if you're willing to put in the work, but videotaping up there, there's no one. So I, Mm -hmm. you know, I've done that in the past a lot, but, uh, but. What was I saying? And I might as well get into it because you know, it's hard to set this up without that. But uh, you know, you you got you have just released basically an in depth video mm-hmm. course. Um, mm-hmm. 
that yeah. ex- it explains all this and uses breaks it for, down into the littlest details. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. that you can see what he's talking about because a lot of these terms and like initially when I'm listening to you know talk about the hook, I'm like, you know, high risk. Or what, what what does this mean and what does it look like in practice? Right. That's a big thing. So you know, my thoughts like if if you got a couple guys that that are committed to helping each other and you don't have to be an expert on all this but if you can look and see what it's supposed to look like and mm-hmm. then and then see you know tell your buddy no you, if you know what it's supposed to look like you can't feel it yourself right. or it may it may take longer I, to I asked you to coach me today didn't I Yeah yeah I needed some feedback Yeah you know I shot and feel like well, what are you seeing Tyler I need some feedback, and I'm not a le- I'm no level four instructor, but but things that he's showing me and teaching me, you know whether but it's based on what I taught him. He told me exactly what I was doing wrong. Okay, I need like I, my shot did break down when we were shooting together a bit, mm-hmm. and so this is everybody's will, everybody's will, and I needed a coach. So now he knows the system. What are you seeing, Tyler? He told me. So I refocused on that part of my shot. Pat, my shot came back together. Yeah. So we turn into each other's coaches. Yeah, and it's and and that's the thing. You don't have to you don't have to be the expert, but if you can see it, mm-hmm. know what it's supposed to look like, mm-hmm. the then the biggest advantage to that is immediate correction. Mm-hmm. You're not so you great. don't practice the bad thing over you and know, over. You can go right, over right. and over, no, 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 until you feel what it what it's supposed to feel like and then yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what and think about that one more. Because that exp- that's the one you want to replicate, and that expedites your your learning curve so much. Big and, time. You know, I Big think time. I think that that course is going to be extremely helpful. If it's not easy, no, there's nothing easy about now. it. But it if it's, you, it's out sorry. now. It's two years in the making, and uh, it's it's over five hours of real detailed instruction. So it's all broken up into teaching modules, and so it, I'm, I mean, we we're talking about this. This is a this is not a watch it one night, one evening thing. This is something you're going to be studying for a while and, and refocusing go and go back and go back and, and study it. And uh, so, I, you know, I, I look at it for an archer. It's a, it's a two-month to two-year project to build a shot. But you've got the information within the video to do it. Well, and that's, you know, that's nice that, you know, that you got that out there. I know that, you know, <clears throat> Tim and Matt, you know, Tremendous. So big help. You, you, it's called Solid Archery Mechanics. You can get it through the pusharchery.com, and they've got something called the pack, and it, it's basically uh, they, they're, they're putting together educational videos for archery that you can purchase on their online course. We also have it on our own website, and you can get to it through shootsolid.com or Rocky Mountain Special Gear. Um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter which, you know, avenue you follow to get to the course the push archery is a great resource guys for people interested in traditional archery i do something called coaches moments quite commonly on those where we just talk about this stuff i coach way more for just the enjoyment of the satisfaction of myself of helping folks than i ever do to get paid and that's the way i like it uh you know, my course is it's a two hundred dollar investment, but it's a lifetime investment, and it's it's a it's meant to be a living document. We are going to change it and update it as we get better and 
uh, information or even better understanding of certain things, we will change it. And so it's a one-time purchase for life, and and we will be improving. It's got an active Q&A that we've started on it already. Uh, and then uh, you buy that course, call me anytime. If I, you need clarification from me, I will be glad to look at your videos, be glad to talk to you on your phone. Yeah, and I mean, that's... I- I can vouch for that because I just some some random guy out of the blue call, called him up, and then two weeks later I'm sitting in his kitchen. <laughs> but, uh, we, uh, but in you know we got like uh, Joel Turner shot IQ. Mm-hmm. He's the mental guru. He's got a two hundred dollar protocol. Most of the time, what we see and we do clinics, and there's a couple hundred dollars for a full day clinic. I mean, um, you know the the feedback you know, for that paid stuff when we're working our butt off for you. And the the feedback is mostly that's the best $200 I've ever spent in archery. So yeah, uh, that makes me I, feel good. But I'm available for guys anyway. I, I'm telling you, I don't, you need to be paid to help you. Heck, a half a dozen arrows cost you that much nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Some <laughs> yeah. of them. The right arrow. The right broadhead. Right? It's, you know, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's expensive, but boy, if I'm just like, man, if, because I imagine I can I can hear it now. Oh, that's a lot of money. It is. It, yeah. it, it is. But how it's, much is it for me? Like, man. shoot, it's just the the amount the amount of knowledge I've gained and progress in my shot. You know, my ticket was a lot more than two hundred dollars to come down here. Yeah. And that's like, if, <clears throat> yeah, but take how, it. How much is it, you know? How much? How much you know? Look back if you missed a missed a sheep you know, at the opportunity. You how know. much money would I be willing to <laughs> show up to have that arrow back? Or, no, yeah, it's there's it, different it, ways you can look at that. Uh, right? You know, you know it, I, I appreciate guys that buy it. It's part yeah. of my living. It's part of how I make a living. But I want to emphasize, I like helping people, and I'm right. more than willing to help anybody if you ask me a question. Yeah, I, I, but I, just to have all that there to look at, and it is an extremely valuable thing there's there's nothing out there like it that i'm aware of unfortunately there's not and there needs to be there needs to be more and more of guys like me i i do have an advantage i mean since i started learning this stuff for the last 15 years i get to teach every day and multiple people a day and so i didn't charge for a lesson for you know, let's call it 14 years. I didn't charge for lessons for 12 of those 14 years. Not until I got to a certain level where I knew I could finish a guy off. I mean, I could take him to a very high level. Did I ever charge for lessons? And I'll charge less for lessons now in my shop commonly. Yeah. If a guy wants my specific time for a certain amount of time and we schedule it, I'll charge for a lesson. You walk in my shop. And you ask me to watch your shot, <laughs> I'm going to watch your shot. I'm going to help you as much as I can in the time I have allowed. Now, we're going to have other customers store, and that will draw me away. But many guys say, can I watch your shot? And we have a slow day, and I'm not called to the front, you know, the retail part. I'll give them a, get, they get a three-hour lesson. I mean, I'm going to always teach everybody I can, whether – and I don't need to be paid. This is what I love to do. Yeah, and I and I can I can tell that. Like, it just – it. It means a lot, and it's very cool to see. I can't just I can tell how excited you get about it. Yeah, yeah you're probably laughing at me because here we are, like nine hours into it. And I'm still fired up. But well, he is too. He's the biggest geek of, of as big as me for sure. Yeah, you know, like we're I, both just sitting here in the house at eleven o'clock at night. We're still fired up telling hunting stories. We're go. like, what about this part of the shot? You know, it, you, all co-offers are the same. Yeah, 
I mean, they're freaks. <laughs> and Drew's got more energy than than two four year olds and oh. Energizer Bunny combined. I mean, and well, Andy does too. Look Wait, at man. look what his his buffalo hunt. He's yeah. running all over those <laughs> no, that, fifteen miles a day, running all over those mesas looking for buffalo. That was good. That was a good time, man. That was a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just awesome, man. I and I can't thank you enough for. For taking the time, I mean, I know I've said it a bunch, I, but and I've, I keep saying, buddy, it's been my pleasure. That was just, that was a dang fun couple of days we've had. Yep, it was so, satisfying. It was satisfying to I mean, me too. I'm like the risk actually, worked. You know, we rebuilt working. the whole thing and it worked. I mean, <laughs> you know, it felt pretty good. I mean, because man, I was so reluctant at first because you were shooting so good anyway. But and then you tell me it's even better. That that just made my day. The feedback. Well, was at least awesome. now you go home and you you know you got the proper training and you know you yep. just put the tools to work now. Yeah. You know? Yep. Now so. give it to those guys that you're dealing with. Yeah. You know, yep. As much as you can. It's, <laughs> this this, this information needs to get out there, buddy. Right. Yep. And that's yeah. They're they're cruising for a bruising because it's going to be <laughs> reckoning time we're going to change some stuff yeah <laughs> you know foundationally the small stuff yeah. can make a big difference yeah. if we yeah. get a holding position and we understand what back tension is you can build a fine shot off of that right there mm-hmm. you've seen it yep now you get the nuance now we extend the range on that fine shot yeah that's way I'd more and like it's this. it's phenomenal like mind-blowing how accurate it can be it yeah. can be yeah um yeah. so yeah, I get mean, that shot and repeatable, and then we add an, a good aiming method to that, and there's no stopping you. Yeah, yeah it's it's pretty cool. That's very cool. <laughs> well, I guess do we ha- do we have anything else to add? Should we talk about a, the whole. The, I am bad, man. I I can talk this stuff all the time. Oh, this is what excites, I've been, this I've been talking it me. for like yeah three two days. days <laughs> and I don't want to stop, you know. <laughs> but it's uh, it's just that feeling when it finally clicks. Yeah, that light bulb goes off, and they're like, "Huh." Oh, and if I, 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 I guess my biggest feeling is like, <clears throat> if I could, you know, I think of of people I've met over the years and stuff like that 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 you see them struggle with their shot. Mm-hmm. It's like if I could just poke you and have you feel like know like what. Yeah, you feel like I do. You want them to have it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I want everybody else to know this stuff, too. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's. you know, if if you're, I don't know, if you want to improve your shot and be the best shot you can be, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to shoot long range or anything. No. It's just, man, you know. No. Just you shoot with be, confidence. If Hey, right. if you want, if you're a guy that says, I'm not taking a shot at even 20 i'm going to be inside 20 well you want to be able to shoot that with confidence in other words if i do this i'm going to make that shot yeah i'm not leaving it to chance i'm not leaving it to hope <laughs> right oh absolutely and and i guess i was going you know well I, I didn't quite finish my thought when i was uh yeah bouncing all over the place um but i was talking on hunting shots i've missed how i went automatic mm-hmm. um and you, you miss the whole damn animal a lot of times, sometimes by a lot. Got no respect for and a guy like that. <laughs> cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> cough, cough. And, uh, <laughs> I could give you a few examples. And, uh, let, me, let me clarify that real quick. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, you know, sometimes, like, you still might miss or lose an animal occasionally, but what I... Yeah, we're human beings. But when you yeah. have control of your shot, even though... Even mm-hmm. like this grizzly bear la- this year, this last spring that I lost, um, that was a good th- shot. I saw it in film. 
it's like an inch low. I mean, it, that thing looks like a heart shot. You know it's within an inch or two of the heart. I mean, and that's, and it was, you know, probably six, four to six inches lower than I, than I intended. But, and, and granted, this is my old shooting style, but in that, and afterwards I was just dumbfounded because I'm like, my shot felt totally under mm-hmm. control and everything. But when, even when you mess up or just some variable creeps in there, when your shot is mental, when you have that mental control, your bad shots aren't as bad. You, Correct. You know, there, there, there may be one yeah. thing like that thing went low, but it was the line was yeah, it's kind of and, and kinda even that will kind of still in minute of bear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It uh, it's like a what like most of us want. We want minute of deer or minute of elk or whatever. Yeah. Well, that that's just like you know when I when I pulled this when I pulled this buffalo tag, I went out in the backyard and I got a deer silhouette out there. But I went and I literally painted because I I studied the anatomy of the buffalo. Mm-hmm. Well, their hearts, everything is low in the front yeah. cavity. So I literally went out there and I. I modified the deer target. Nice. Then I painted, you know, a, a small block basically at the at the right at the lower end of so the. You used to focus in lower in, on that. In the lower, and so yeah. that's what I concentrated on shooting at all summer long. You know. Yeah. Nice. And because uh, that's you know. Especially consider what you're talking about that hump and the, how much of that is. There's the there's spine. there's nothing yeah. there's a lot of area in there that is nothing on a buffalo. Yeah. Found that out after I skinned this one out and yeah. you know butchered it. I'm going wow. I, you know everything does sit way forward and low on it. Better you know? be in the lower third. Yep. Yeah, you're not in the middle of them. The no, lower third. Lower third. Yeah. So, yeah. but um, yeah, it's moose uh, are probably like that too. Yeah, not not too much. I mean, their doggone lungs are so big. Yeah, that's a big spot I mean, to shoot. Minute of moose is a pretty it's, pretty it's a loose big measurement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's you know I kept I kept thinking of that, and sometimes those are the most frustrating shots when uh, just for some reason it's a little bit off, but mm-hmm. you still know you have you can analyze it and be like, what did go wrong? But it's it. It's just, it, it's always going to be more accurate than when you go automatic. You know, yes. If always. I had just yanked it, gripped it, and ripped it, always. like would have would have missed the whole freaking bear, or, or well, I did wound him. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, no, you, some of his bad shots, like ah, oh, and he's like ah, oh, he's just got disgusted. So on an NFA target, he's just just barely in the three ring. I mean, that's that's within a killer of a of a blacktail. Forget a moose. All right. I mean. At 20 yards, that's a pretty lethal amount of accuracy. And those were the disappointing ones for this dude, you know, because when he would put strings of well-executed shots together, they were not as big as a baseball, a group of 20. So you extend that out to 40, and so now you have a group that's like a grapefruit or something, right? That's yeah. pretty dang good shooting. I mean, there was a few, and yeah, there, there was a few on, on the 3D course where, you know, one of them was like fifty-five or so, where two or three of those shots were. I just he had I did three in the ten. He had two right above the target and one low, all on the, with within a line that's three inches wide, at fifty whatever yards it was. It was now, that's some damn fine shooting. It was just mind blowing how accurate that it. Yeah, he was just figuring out a, his gap or his holdover or whatever, and you know so he had a high one, he had a low one, and he 
dots three in the middle. Just crazy. You just executed five shots, hit all your marks, executed five shots in a row, and they're within a three-inch width at 50-plus. That, that's some fine shooting. That's using the system. That's being a decision. I'm going to shoot this shot uh, you know, with control, and with this program, I'm not going to shoot it. And he, and he did. It was awesome. Yep. That was awesome. And, uh, yeah, if, I, if I've learned anything, I mean, I, I'm a believer now that, that you can then, can't have a more consistent shot this way and you can improve and, and have more fun. It's never, it's, it's never fun to get worse no. or, or stay the right. same. I, th- I think a lot of, it's all going to be the mental game now, right? Yeah. It's all going to be practicing hitting all your marks mentally. Yep. And you know how to shoot a shot Checking now. back in every once in a while to see if something's right. Right. Something's slipping, and that's that's. Look when you look when when if you had a little shot or two here or there, mm-hmm. it yeah the the mechanics let down, but it had to do with how you were thinking of things. A lot, yeah. That's you left out a step, and yeah. I was going to mention that earlier. So we start with these big steps. We want as few steps as possible. I don't want to think of ten things when I'm shooting at something, but if I have a reliable two to four things, that's all I got. Is like I got to do this, and then I got to do this as I'm building through my shot from draw to a shot might be four seconds and there might be two to four things within that i gotta do this and then this and then this and this that's not a very lot i've got four in mind yeah and so everybody should have the number of steps that they need to to make a shot when you're new you need a lot of steps when you're when you've got some experience and those things are running automatically perfectly take those steps out and mentally take them out they're in there they're running under motor programs or what we call muscle memory. It's not muscle memory. It's an imprinted motor program. Right. But when those are running accurately, there's no need to think about them. If something breaks down, throw those steps back in. So everybody should build their own mental sequence of the steps they need to do to make a good shot. Yep. And so at any given time, you can add one in that you need to work on or take one out that's just running smoothly automatically anyway. Even And even if you... But the last one, we never let go of the subconscious. The last the second of your shot right. when you finish it is the one you can never go let go automatic. We've got to add some tension to the break through the finish position. Yep. If we had a narrow, narrow one thing you got to do, every damn shot it's that. And that has to be done after you've confirmed the aim and let the aim go soft, move into tension in the right direction, build it a little bit to the break to the follow-through position. It can be that simple. Yep. If you do that every time, you're going to be a fine shot. Yeah. And you're going to be a better shot. Just eat. it. It takes a lot of time and effort to figure, you know, to to develop all this. So, you know, I, I'm just thinking of the new the new shooter because you see you do see people getting discouraged and hanging it up. Oh yeah. Um, but if they're getting if, better, they never hang it up. No. Nope. If they're seeing progress, if even if it takes yeah. a long time, they won't hang it even up. Even if your shot, you know. Everybody has parts of their shot that are not perfect. Even correct, you know, and we're human beings. We're not perfect. Yeah, if we can't make a good shot no, every time. If there's part, never happen. If there's parts of you know, there's a lot of parts in your shot that you're not doing right, but you can still develop that sequence mm-hmm. to to keep mental control over your shot. Yep. It's gonna it's gonna help you, and that will help you improve a lot faster. So bingo, yeah. I mean, I know maybe I'm just maybe we're just saying the same things over and over again, but it, I, I you can't stress it enough. I don't no, think. I like hitting these points. It's fun to talk about, it, but it's valuable information and gives it'll keep guys on track. Yeah, know? and then another thing, you know, I I think I had kind of given my two cents in this 
you know Q&A podcast we did a couple weeks ago but uh um there's some important things i think taught you know a a couple tools for for working on your shot and someone that want that is brand new wants to get into it um you know the biggest thing probably is is do not overbow yourself oh big time you you, you have to under there, there, there's no easy way. You, if you've got to start with a cheap twenty pound bow, just oh. to, to start working on this, because the you they, might as well not even start if you just if if you haven't done it. And even a grown man might. I'm six three, two hundred forty pounds. And when we started if, shooting after the classroom kind of stuff was over, yep. What'd you shoot? A five pound bow. <laughs> We started really shooting, literally shooting arrows with a twenty-pound bow. Or, yeah, so, yeah, it wasn't a five. Yeah. <laughs> we did that. We did the five-pound bow yeah. to get positions and I movements. We did. We had that in these hands. But then the, when we started shooting arrows, it was a twenty-pound bow, and I had a sixteen that was rented on the ranger. He would have been shooting that one. Yeah, <laughs> and he's a hoss. And then a day later, we're stroking. He's stroking him with his fifty-two. But we walked up the weights. We started with that twenty. We built built a great shot, and then we then we grabbed a twenty five or a thirty. Is that yeah. what pound? Is that what pound it's like fifty two? Yeah, you yeah. Shoot, he no. shoots fifty two. Commonly is drawing, and so then I went and got a thirty five pound bow, and we just walked right up to his bow, right up to his hunting bow. Yeah, we couldn't have learned that shot with his with his fifty two pound. You know, bow. There's and no way fact, to learn that, that shot. That first day we were walking up, and and. When I could not complete a draw cycle with my bow that first day, at the end of the at first the end day, of the first day properly, right? And how, how would you? Because you're using yeah. different how, and especially if you you never tighten the string on a on a recurve before or long, but right. how you can't expect no. to be able to work on that stuff <clears throat> and have any any productive progress. So we were shooting a stretch band for a long time. That's five pounds, right? Yeah. And it's like a bow. Yeah. And then we grabbed a 20 and then a 30. But the point was he, he did the perfect positions and movements with his 52-pound bow like three times. Yeah, and then I couldn't do it anymore. And then he could, literally could not physically do it. But if you think about it, like it doesn't, you know, if you did a 1,000 reps a day that, you know, on your, on your uh, bench press and say you're only pushing it 50 pounds and you did a 1,000 times, but you can normally press – knock out a set with 250 pounds right yeah but if you did a thousand of them with with a much lower weight you're not going to be able to do one of those with the normal yep. set of 10 that you could yeah you know what i'm saying yeah so you so. was toast but what was cool the very next day he's running a high number of shots with 50 pounds we rested those muscles right yep he had dinner with aaron and we you know kind of but the very next day, he was running that shot perfectly with his fifty-two-pound hunting bow. Yeah, and it. So yeah, you know, it, and that was I, cool. I can't. I would almost say, you know, some guys that I know that have gotten started. You don't need to invest a lot of money in a bow right out of the back because you're not going to be able to realize the difference between a high-end bow and no. you know something no. like I always go with you know a Samick Sage. <clears throat> Dude, guys come in my a shop. Lot of guys have them. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's a good little bow. But yeah, uh, guys come in my shop. They want to buy a nice bow, but I know they're new. I was like, you know, I'm a retailer. Yeah. But I'm talking them out of spending this money, and, and like, no. Can I just make us? Unless you're a rich guy and it doesn't matter to you. I really would like you to start with the sage type 
bow, right? Spend 155 bucks. We got a trade-in program. 50 bucks. I'll keep trading limbs until you get your strength up, plateaus into a hunting weight. Then shop off these other walls with with the handmade ones. Yeah, because right. something you know right? those those yep. sages are you know they're very affordable bows. Uh-huh. And you can get super light limbs for them. Yes, from and, sixteen and up, up, right? Yeah. So start with that bow, and and then just walk with these trading things that we have that we offer. Just walk it up the weights because how do you sell a sage to buy a new one? So yeah. we we just remedy that problem. We do a fifty dollar trade. We'll yeah. trade the whole bow, or just keep it in nice shape, or the limbs, whatever you want. Fifty bucks, bam! Here's your next weight. Yeah. And it only takes you. You see the first jump, a big one. So mm-hmm. if the guy starts at 30, say, if it's a man or 35, usually he's j- jumping right to 40 or 45, and then the next trade's five, and the next trade's five, and then he's done. He's into a hunting weight. Now shop for a nice one. Right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Once, you, you know, that, that high-end bow, A, because you want to make sure you're going to stick with it. Yeah. And and B, you're, you're just not going to really. You're going to grow out of it right away. Yeah. Or you say, oh, I'm going to buy this bow to grow into. Well, all you do is ruin your shooting form in the meantime and then practice that poor shooting form. Yeah. Because you physically can't do the proper movements and positions when you're overbowed. And, and that's how you tell the difference. And, by you the way. know, I right. when I first got into it, the first one, the first <clears throat> nice bow I bought was 60 pounds of 28, which I didn't. I was really green. I didn't realize I had a 32-inch AMO draw. <laughs> so uh, that's like 66 to 69 pounds. Yeah. And then I'm, th- oh, you know, I'm strong. I'm big lifting weights. I'm strong. Build me a set of 70-pound limbs. Mm-hmm. And I got those, and... You could shoot I it. I could shoot them. And, uh, and uh, you know... That trade-off's like, bad, though. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then, you know, when I got my ILF rig... 60 63 pound limbs and they're they're faster than that wood bow um mm-hmm. just the 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 way they're built but also another like uh, 68 69 pound, i i can't get arrows to spine that are long enough and stiff enough they don't spine and yeah. now you know those those heavy wood limbs i'll probably never shoot them again in my life no you know now i'm realizing you, you know, need I got to a 500 those. i got a 590 grain arrow out of this yeah. fifty-two pound bow, just ripping. Oh yeah, That's, yeah. I used to shoot seventy-three pounds. I was yeah. just going to ask yeah. you, Andy. Okay, what was your, you know, in our generation? Because yeah. we came from this generation. Yeah, we all got heavy bows. Sixty, sixty-five was the norm. It was fifty, fifty-eight inches. It was seventy, seventy-three pound um, Boy. buffalo bow. Boy, that's a finger pincher. Oh, <laughs> I pull that back. It looked, it looked, looked like it was going to break, man. It oh, looked like a horseshoe. Man. Oh yeah, I used to shoot. Thousands of arrows out of that thing, yeah, yeah. The last heavy bow I <laughs> was uh, a sixty-seven at twenty-five because that's about where I let the arrow go. Yeah. I've got a twenty-eight and a half inch draw when it's proper, yeah. And and because we would pull it back to touch our cheek and yeah. let her rip right let her in, rip. yep, yeah. And, <laughs> and we just killed ourselves. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot, lot, lot out of that bow. Not, not no more. I ain't pulled it back anymore. Yeah, but and it's, I can shoot those. I can shoot a ninety pound bow. Yeah. I just pull it right back to fifty pounds. Let her go. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. It's 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 interesting. And you know, the the time. It's not wasted. I don't consider it wasted time. But the effort and time that this knowledge, even what I've learned, can save other guys. Oh, guys and gals. It's valuable. Um, oh, it's, it's 
it's just amazing. But yeah, you know, for someone getting new, start like start with a ridiculously light bow, and you, mm-hmm. you just got it. It's not something that's going to happen overnight, and everybody's different. You know, mm-hmm. you may be hunting, you know, for very limited range, ready to hunt. Mm-hmm. I always put it like this for months, your, your first bow. If you want to buy a bow and you don't have a shop around that can give you any guidance, yeah, and really to, to learn the form, buy a bow that feels like a toy. Yeah. That's better than being just a couple pounds old. And you know bow. what? Yeah. You're you're still going to keep that to my dad has a couple sure toy, keep it you for know, your basically toy bows mm-hmm. that your buddies that come over your day. kids or whatever yep. and then right. you know like i i brought down a set of, of really light limbs mm-hmm. you know i don't yeah, know you what did. you know that i slap on one you know i got two of those ilf risers i slap that that really light so and i they're hanging in my garage and all i will Use that as a to ch- as a form checking because it under that light weight mm-hmm. you can really isolate those muscles and feel what that's supposed to feel like and right and then and here's another thing about uh, drilling with a light bow <clears throat> make your release has to be better to have that come off clean yeah your, that string doesn't blast your fingers out of the way like a heavier bow will so if you've got cognitive release like we talked about or a bad tension, you can't get a clean release with a light bow. You yeah. get a heavy bow, boom, blast it right out of there. So yeah, it's really good dumb. for learning. It's harder to use yeah. and make a good release with a light bow than heavy. Yeah. So it's always go, good to go back to your toy feeling bow mm-hmm. to tr- dial in form again, to perfect your movements with. N- not under tension, but ex- very exact. So yep. it's not a, it's not at all a bad thing to have too little. You can never be underboat. You can always be overboat, even by two pounds. Right. You know? Yep. And it, yeah, it makes so, a big difference. So if you're if you're willing, you know, willing to just swallow some pride for a lot of guys, that stuff because you're well, no. I'm just going to get the bow I can hunt with. And and when sometimes you're you may progress a lot faster when you start with something. Something light like you that, will, man. If you start sure. with light and and you can make stretch bands out of surgical tubing, mm-hmm. that you, you you're doing the same Drill thing. The you're in. isolating the same, really sorting out those motions. Mm-hmm. That you know that's a lot easier when you're trying to figure things out. And you or your you know your buddies coaching you or whatever. What they, did we do? Can, two hours on a stretch band oh, before we grabbed a bow, Tyler, or more? It was hat. It was more than that before we ever yeah. touched a bow. Yeah. But, yeah, you can pick them things up about anywhere. Yeah, the extra, you know, uh, like a exercise therapeutic or you know rehab type places. Use, yeah, use that stuff a lot. But when surgical you're, band, surgical tubing. Yeah, what I picked is picked up is when you're really trying to isolate and figure out what that all is supposed to feel like. You can do mm-hmm. so many reps and feel mm-hmm. all of it because you know it's just tougher with your bow or with any kind of kind of heavier bow you know you're using the wrong muscles and they get fatigued for me mm-hmm. at one point i w- i had too much tension in my shoulder in the top mm-hmm. of my shoulder and, and it was getting fatigued and and like burning and it wasn't a, i couldn't get the feeling of what it needed to do to rock back for mm-hmm. for some reason so yeah well i tell you when i went through the you know that uh sunday night through Friday protocol at the Olympic Training Center for my level four. I go to the Olympic Training Center. First of all, I'm thinking this is cool. It's, you know, I shot a stretch band all week, and that's all I shot. 
Yeah. And that's all we worked on. But it replicates tension, right? As you, like a bow tension increases as you draw. When I came back and grabbed my bow, I have never felt a sweeter shot in my life to that point because of what I learned with a stretch band. That was a whole week of it. You know, our Olympic coach said, Korean kids, you know, that's a different culture. They have discipline over there. Those little dudes, when they start, they're on a stretch band for at least six months. That's all they shoot. And when they pick up a bow for the first time, they're shooting clean scores. They're immediately good because it directly applies. Yeah. And so you can get 100 reps in your living room or at a hotel room if you're traveling or wherever you're at, a a perfect form look you imprinted that in your brain and you, your like, brain will take it right to your bow like it's already uh, you know when i tried to <clears throat> like i can't <laughs> i can't replicate the motion without of my, tension. Of my shot yeah but that, with I, the, that under, i had before you know but under a little bit of tension with a stretch band it replicates the tension of a bow it increases. No, as you I'm pull. saying I can't. I can't just through this work, all this stretch band and stuff. I uh-huh. I can't even almost remember what my old shot felt shot like. felt like. Yeah, because your new one feels so natural now. Yeah, that is awesome. Because we got a lot of reps. Yeah, that stretch band allows you a tremendous amount of repetition in those movements, and when that happens, and this is good information. You're there's no substance in your body called myelin. It's a little fatty substance. When, you know, a movement become comes from an electrical impulse impulse from your brain through the nervous system to the muscle group that it's influencing to contract or expand when that electrical little circuit gets connected or that you're sending down that nerve system myelin attaches to the whole neural pathway to that muscle from your brain to the muscle in addition and this is simplifying the whole process it's a long chemical process but in addition the little programs written in your brain that myelin attaches i mean little the synapses learn to fire in order to to accomplish a movement so you're imprinting them like a motor program and like an app running on a computer and it goes in the right order well every time you do a movement that neural pathway gets myelinated that mental that motor program that little app in your brain gets written and so it gets it's like paving a road wider and wider and wider. Every time you make a movement it gets imprinted again and again and again. And then it can turn into a subconscious movement. Something that'll you know, all we gotta do is cue the app now. Just yep. hit the go button. You know, we had some examples of that. Yeah, and that's and so that, the point is when when you're doing it wrong, you're imprinting it in your brain wrong. Yep. Every time you do it. When you're doing it correctly, that's what's getting imprinted every time. Yeah. So a stretch band will allow you to be so slow and accurate because you're not under the whole weight of your hunting bow. You can do it exactly accurate, and you're imprinting the same shot perfectly. And you're not – there's no arrow on – you're like the there's target no anxiety is, to let go, of the, yeah. let go of it and get the arrow gone. Yeah, you can you just can totally isolate. Really focus on a shot. Yeah. Isolate that part of it, yeah. And it's like what, what these guys are talking about when they say training scars. Mm-hmm. It's for when you do and, and – when you do things one way for so long, you 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 almost it takes a tremendous amount of work for you. And there's certain things that probably always your brain's it wants to subconsciously so thinking. Is, yeah, so this is interesting, to guys. So how do we fix that? We have a motor program, what we used used to call muscle memory, that runs a certain way, but it's wrong. How do we fix that? Well, here's some good and bad news about motor programs or muscle memory. It lasts for a lifetime. That's good and bad. If it was built wrong, 
guess what? It's there for a lifetime. If it was built right, guess what? It'll serve you well for a lifetime. So how do we fix that? Well, first of all, a motor program lasts for a lifetime, so we can't fix it. What we can do is build a new one and make the new one the most dominant one. Mm-hmm. Once the new one becomes the most dominant one, your brain will default to that movement that's correct. But until that happens, you can f- you can override the old motor program by doing that position or movement cognitively. Yep. There's direct it. Our conscious mind can direct one thing at a time and one thing only. We can do numerous things through imprinted motor programs at the same time, but the conscious mind can only direct one thing. So we break a shot into parts and we just take them in order. We consciously, cognitively direct that portion of the shot correctly. We do it so slow that it can be evaluated. That's con- like definition of cognitive movement. It's directed. We can stop it or change it in the middle of it. And then we get it perfect. Okay, leave it. You're done with it. And move to the next step and consciously direct it in the right manner. By doing this time and time again, we're building new neural pathway that we get imprinted and imprinted and imprinted. And pretty soon that one becomes the dominant one. The old one's kind of overshadowed and now we can make it subconscious again. So there is a way to do it. We'll never break it. So to speak, we make the new one, the most dominant one. And to do that, we have to think our way through it. Yeah. So that's that's interesting information to guys. It's possible. You know, I don't care how long you've been shooting. We can, we can fix this. We just have to think through certain things. So I'm an old guy. I didn't learn this thing stuff till later in life. I'm going to have to be more cognitive. I'm going to have to think more through my shot than you will learning it because I don't have enough time in my life to make the new stuff, the dominant stuff. Yeah. The old stuff was done for decades. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have to think more through my shot than you'll ever have to think because I didn't, I, I've got those long, you know, decades long imprinted bad motor program. Yeah. Hey, that's okay. I can still make a good shot because as long as I think through those positions and movements correctly, I'm going to make a good shot. That's encouraging. So I know how to do it now. Yeah. So that's the interesting that maybe your listeners like to like oh, oh, get ab- that explanation. Absolutely. And that's, that's kind of the explanation of why when, you know, you want to change your shot, why it feels so weird. Because if you don't think about it, you'll revert right to the yep. old shot. Right. So yep. how many times did I go, nope, put your Put that hand out. Yeah. Nope, Tyler. And I, then it got to be like I just point to it and like, ah. Because yep. if you, you just don't want to think about it because you just, if you don't think about it, you won't do it. How long so have it you goes been to trade part. equipment? Eight years. Yep. Seven years. That's a lot of imprinting. Right. And what you noticed was when it's kind of a new motor program that you start to imprint, eh, after a day, day and a half, you started to do it naturally. Yeah. Now, if you took a month break, you do it the old way the first time. As long as you keep refreshing it, it's kind of the most refreshed motor program. Yeah. It'll kind of start working automatically well. And yeah. And if you take a break, it'll go back to the old one for sure. That just say as long as you continue to shoot right. that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so you notice that you didn't have to think about it as many times, Right. 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 You know, it, it started becoming a but much in, smoother. But unless I reminded you about 50 times, you wouldn't have done it at all. That's right. You'd have gone right to the old one and stayed there. Yeah. So that's where coach is handy. Or just, you just got to make sure. You, maybe you have to write the dang thing down to remind you. I don't know. But you have to remember that stuff. Yep. You got to do it enough times so it's easy to remember. Repetition is always what creates memory. Right. Yep. But, so anyway. Yeah. 
but you can do it. <laughs> well, I've gone off on enough rabbit holes, I suppose, unless you've got another question. Oh, no, I think I, that's... I get geeked out about it, and I just oh, run off me, the rails sometimes. Me too, but I think, I think that's pretty, probably better better caller a night but it's much appreciated guys and it's been been my pleasure tyler yeah mine too and it's made a i've made a new friend i'll tell you that i i really appreciate i'm really glad you came down yeah me too it was just it was meant to meant to happen i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh awesome yeah well guys i guess we better better probably hit the sack if we're going to get up and and do a little bit more get another half day and get yeah. another half day in before i go to the airport <laughs> what time you leave tomorrow yeah oh yeah. okay so i get to beat a hit tyler around the head and shoulders for another half day yep yep we're gonna do it but That'll it's work. just these short trips it's, it's I, i'm trying to cram what i could do for a solid month into Three days. Three days. Where'd you fly? Where'd you fly in? You flew right into Denver. From? Yep. Yep. Um, it was a couple hops, but oh, okay. But uh, that was a long day. It's going to be a long, long one going back, but well worth it. So awesome. All right, thanks, guys. And uh, if you have any comments or questions, you can email podcast tundertalkak.com. And uh, if you want to leave us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on, that would be awesome. Thank you.